Yes. So, <clears throat> when I was in Bodhgaya a couple of days ago, mm-hmm. I overheard the conversation of two monks. Yes. One was saying to the other, I have become a, an ascetic, a, uh, a monk, mm-hmm. because uh, I find relationship to other people rather delusional. I find that um, friendships come and go and love comes and goes and therefore I prefer to live a life independently of others. And that's the one view. And the other view that's stuck with me are friends who come to me and report to me, oh, I need my partner in order to feel loved. I need my partner in order to feel complete and uh, happy. Mm. And I find tend to find both views problematic. And what I wanted to explore is what would be a healthy uh, way to relate to others, lovers, friends, parents, children, whatever. Yeah, when uh, you heard the the monk uh, expressing those uh, views and coming and going friendships, coming and going preferring to be alone, what was the uh, discomfort with that? What, what, what was the feeling and the sense that, I don't know the monk personally, but what, I'm just interested in your uh, response. Yeah. Two um, things come up. The one is sadness. Mm-hmm. I think um, it's a rather, I mean, there is obvious, I experience in life a great joy in friendships and in, in love and yeah. these things and to renun- to renunciate from it because it, there is the potential for hurt in it I yes. find rather a, a sad response yeah. and then a kind of delusion in the idea that it is actually possible to be completely independent of others yeah yeah I mean it You're right to <coughs> a point, but couldn't the view generate a certain orthodoxy that we should, whatever, be friends and cooperate and whatever, work together and live together? Couldn't it create a kind of orthodoxy in that way? Which which you would create? We mean, the there's the monks saying, "I want to be alone. Mm. Um, I don't wish. I don't know what he said, but I don't wish to associate very much with other people. I like my aloneness um, or my independence or, or whatever." Even though obviously he is dependent upon food, clothing, shelter, medicine from uh, others and much, much more. But is there something unsatisfactory in the view? I wish to be alone and not wish to spend time in much communication with others. Is that self delusional view, would you say? No, I would say it's a valid response 
one can have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. And that um, valid response, you know, some people, it's not their cup of tea to spend much time in um, association, mm. support uh, uh, with others. I can talk here from some experience with all this. Uh, when I was on the road travelling, as an example, life was so transitory, one place to another, 20, 25 countries, three years, blah, blah. And then taking ordination, being in a Vipassana monastery, silence was strongly uh, encouraged, had no wish to learn Thai language, no wish to talk in Thai, just have the regularity of the meetings with the teacher through the translator. Mm -hmm. No social life, no friendship, and frankly, no interest. And just appreciated the rather kind atmosphere of the metta, kindness and friendship around, contact with the teacher when um, uh, necessary. And of course there are plenty of human beings who live in all sorts of places who kind of appreciate their own company the most. Why not? Why not? What about the other view? The view of uh, family, friends, and what's the response with that? I feel a certain risk in, in the view that I have to depend on the other. Yes. Uh, to, to feel happy and, and complete. Yes. Mm -hmm. So in a way this... <coughs> some uh, vulnerability in both directions. Yeah. We can have friends with others, loved ones, lover, husband, wife, parents, and many, many uh, others, and how easy the relationship to the other, that you know, it is important to us, but dependency on being liked, on being loved, on being accepted, can easily creep in. Mm. Somehow we're losing something of our worth, because our worth is being given to another to give to us. Mm. Uh, no. What's the reverse the question now what's the best way a helpful way to have friendship with others without the dependency on approval what's a, what do you find a healthy attitude to have a relationship with others without dependency on being approved oh. <clears throat> you just mentioned Worth this sense of self. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, we can use the word self. Go no, on. no, we we'll skip it. Um, <laughs> a sense of, of worth, mm. which is not uh, cannot be shaken neither by blame or praise or. All right, and agreed. So, where is this 
what's going to develop or bring about the worth of the human being not dependent on praise and blame from the other what's going to help that be established the idea or the view that comes is that it's not something that must be established but it that's originally there that can be questioned by doubt by uh, fears that come in but this worth is not something that we, we achieve or do but that is originally right there. okay so tradition time to time talks of uh, original mind so if it's not something to uh, uh, develop yeah, that it is <coughs> with us already why is it for some so hard to find if it's with us already it's already there Why is it that it easily gets forgotten and lost and their happiness and peace of mind is dependent on the recognition of others? It is already here. What? That's an easy question. I'm not in the job of asking easy questions. attempt for an answer no. um, <laughs> I have a feeling there is a, a habit of looking in the wrong direction right. a, yeah so so I agree we can be looking in the wrong direction attention in an unhelpful way can keep going outwardly mm. But of course there are plenty of people who are, as it were, looking in the right direction, looking within themselves, and keep touching upon painful places of the absence of worth, not feeling good enough, putting oneself down, living in a lot of shoulds and coulds, and that makes it hard to find this worth which is already there. Then what? Looking outwardly, not very helpful, sometimes. Looking inwardly, hard to find. Outwardly, we look for the 
confirmation that there yeah. is something of worth. Mm. And inwardly we look for the confirmation of something we can name that is of worth. And maybe we're looking for a solid <coughs> thing that we can't actually find and then apply worth to it. Mm. Mm. I would slightly uh, appreciate the good point. A different perception. I think there's great validity in other people from uh, parents onward offering and giving us a, a sense of our worth. I think there's a great validity in having contact with others who really are able and willing to speak and make uh, statements and gestures and offerings which in a whole variety of ways do offer us a real sense of worth. I think human beings, we need to give that to each other. I can't imagine not. Thank you. But anyway, go on. But what is it actually we attach then worth on? I mean, ah. What is it that we... What, what, what is it we give worth to? So, what we... Well, it depends, but primarily the recognition and the offering to the other, which is the gift to the whole human being, of that which she or he expresses in some way or other. And those words of kindness and confirmation, uh, affirmation, recognition, appreciation are immensely important because we cannot always rely on what the inner voice says. And sometimes we really need each other and the other then can say something to us and that gives that extra drop of confidence that extra sense of worth the extra empowerment to act and this exchange between human beings I think is really genuinely very precious and therefore yes to the good voice of the other I'm in the business of it. <laughs> All right. But what, having said that, still coming back to your good, good, good point, what is it going on inside and what is the issue, it is an issue, of the neediness mm. to keep wanting that from the other? What's the... What happens when there's a neediness for this? Then there's, an, I mean, if I have to feed on something from the outside, there is an absence of a hunger, yeah. a voidness inside which has to be filled up with something. Yeah. And unfortunately, when it's like that, it's kind of a bit like trying to fill a hole in a bucket. Mm. The very neediness 
the wanting uh, from uh, quite often is such <coughs> that he or she who is giving will at some point will resist the giving because there is a sense that the neediness is sucking the energy it's tiring to consistently be around the needy person and then of course for the needy person others are withdrawing pulling back and this then generates some anger and irritation and blame towards others or oneself and this dynamic of neediness withdrawal blame <coughs> obviously makes a real difficulties with human communication <coughs> uh, so really in the best sense of it sometimes there is some need for some confirmation or affirmation <coughs> to give a small example since we're here in India it happens quite regularly that in a conversation with a person I will say to her or him something like there is some change why don't you go to India hmm. and the person has then said to re- responded I've been thinking about it for a long time hmm. I've been waiting for somebody to really encourage me to go there was a need there and I just expressed a few why don't you go to India uh, it's registered well with the person and out of that they have a sense of their worth and their capacity to book that flight this is what I mean by the uh, statement which gives the encouragement and gives the sense of the, that the person can do that despite some anxieties and worries and all the things that go on in people's mind when uh, going to another part of the world but the motivation is strong enough to move through those anxieties to get to the place hmm. and we, we, we need to keep our eyes and ears <coughs> 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 and heart open to uh, the voice of each other and, and the, the, there is a having this, particularly with the monastic life um, you know all manner of creatures human creatures end up in monasteries and one finds oneself living with a hundred plus people men and women one half of the men and a half of the women an environment in which one didn't choose to live with any of them if one didn't know them beforehand and quite quickly one finds oneself in a kind of relationship with well over a hundred people and some of them were difficult my god some of them were difficult and even in the small things 
he did circle walking. If one person is walking very, very slowly, that person, that monk, was at the front of the line. The pressure behind was immense. Nobody's going anywhere, just walking in a circle, but one is moving so slowly. Yeah. And monks would start coughing behind and etc. And we'd all be banked up together, a huge gap in front of us, uh, etc. Sometimes monks would get out the line and just walk up and walk in front of that monk. It's Darwinian in the competitiveness, survival of the fittest. Uh, and that monk was walking so slow, it took years to, for- to forgive him. <laughs> Not quite that bad, but you get the point. So, you know, people have this idealized life in monastic life. Mm. It's a tough environment mm. to be in. Mm. A tough, uh, uh, and some in that live really alone. Mm. Mahagoshananda lived in our monastery. He rarely stepped outside of his hut. He was a Cambodian monk. He was the most solitary monk in that monastery. Mm. And it was a hardcore Vipassana monastery. No reading allowed, mm. or meditation outdoors so you could be seen. And he stayed in his room, completely solitary, in the silence. And sometimes I would just invite me to tea in the room, a few minutes, and, and come out. When he came out, he went to the refugee camps of the Cambodian people in northeast Thailand, took the Monyatras in Cambodia, and this utterly silent man who sp- hardly spoke to anybody at all. Five years later, six years later, he was nominated five times for the Nobel Peace Prize. Mm-hmm. Never underestimate the power of the solitary figure. Very wonderful. I have a photograph of him and me and on my wall at home hugging together. We were very good friends. And sometimes in the aloneness, there's something going on in the deep, the being. And he had this invitation to go to the refugee camps. Very brave, had many threats to his life. So we we have to love the the ones who love their aloneness the ones who live in the cave for the years and we have the relationships like you said and to really watch that wanting, wanting, wanting yeah. from, from, from the other yeah. one last question yeah, you're gone, yeah. <laughs> um, you were before touching upon um, how others confirm, can confirm worth Mm. Um, and you said appreciation of the human being. Yes. I find this, or want to understand this better because when I, when others give appreciation to me, mm. it's usually for actions mm. that I take. Yeah. And everything else I find rather fluent. I mean, I mean, rather flu- rather fluent movement. It's not that that yeah. I find that there is a stable entity called my name, and then uh, yeah. yeah, which could be appreciated. I mean. One mm. one mood now, one mood later, one uh, once loving, then angry, then other things. It's, so it's constantly changing, and I yes. find it hard to say <coughs> what is actually mm. appreciated in all this, other than actions. Mm. 
actions, activities, I, I agree, is a primary, primary mode <coughs> and contribution for appreciation. And human beings, we are usually known by what we do uh, there. But, again, to love and recognize the, uh, in a way, the, the, the non-doing. And sometimes it's just in the quiet presence of the person. Mm. And sometimes it's just the, their, their way of being. And she, he, maybe a very few words, maybe do do very, very little mm. you know, for the other or whatever. But there's some other presence which we realize something beautiful in this human being. Um, but there's nothing that they're doing specially, it's just how the being is. And I think it's just lovely to recognize uh, those and um, and to express uh, an acknowledgement for it. Mm. Uh, and even though the rational mind can't point to anything because it's not an action. Mm -hmm. But intuitive feeling uh, level just uh, uh, recognizes something. And there are some really you know, precious beings in the street you know, in the street where I uh, live, man had a was the manager of a years ago a little photographic shop, and he said to me one day, for the past twenty seven years, I've left home at ten minutes to nine in the morning. I've walked to the photographic shop, and at five to one. I close it and I walk home have something to eat a few minutes walk back um, uh, Wednesday afternoon off he told me and work till Saturday lunchtime so for the past 27 years and he said I have a very quiet life so he said peaceful and quiet and content I don't have any family and this is my life Beautiful. Beautiful. And I used to watch him in the morning because he's just a few doors down. Sometimes open the front door or whatever. So, Good morning. Five to nine. Until he retired. There are some lovely people in our lives living beautiful, modest, quiet lives. They're really important beings. Sometimes just to know them and recognize them and give it, give it, give acknowledgement to them at the ward house, which you know they, they dig up the earth and fill it up with a, a truck and take out some metal out of it and take it another 20 minutes away. And the truck driver has been doing this five days a week. My giant wallers all around here. Just sit there, mm. make the five rupee chai, the ten rupee chai. The fathers made it. And some people live a very quiet way of life. And I think in our noisy 
and uh, frantic and stressed out world, those voices of just being warm and kind to the customers and the family and the son who's now taking over from the father, I know the father, I know the grandfather of the 90s and blah, blah, blah. We need to give our high eyes and ears open, as I say, just express just sometimes a, a few words to these people. They are the, as Jesus lovely said, salt of the earth. Enough? No. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you.